Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Loyal to the Foil. I'm your host, Matt. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks a lot for the constant support. I really do appreciate it. I <clears throat> hope everybody's having a good week. The weekend coming up soon, which means that Halloween is coming up pretty quick. Fall and Halloween are probably my favorite times of year. I love Halloween. I love the costumes. Uh, I love the I love the horror movies. Grown up a horror movie fan, whether it's cheesy horror movies, suspense, monsters, zombie, it doesn't matter. I generally love them all growing up. I lived uh, I lived kind of a, a bit of a horror movie myself when I was a kid. Uh, something that I've never really got into on the show before because. Obviously, because of the name of the the name of the show itself, we kind of try and cover. Uh, I mean, it's we're laughing at ourselves by calling it loyal to the foil. Uh, most people that get called tinfoil hatters, they tend to embrace it because um, you know our track record is extremely solid. You know, the the things that we've tried to share with people, information, speculation, opinions, facts. Um, have basically all come to fruition. So, uh, like I tried to explain to somebody recently, I think it's the the people on the other side that we should be calling the conspiracy theorists. But nevertheless, uh, I always I, I had plans on doing a Halloween episode, uh, just running through some some personal stuff and uh, going over some some classic movies, uh, some movies that that I love. So. If you're expecting some conspiracies, some news, some shit that the MSM didn't tell you, uh, you're going to have to check through the catalog for a different episode. Because today we're going to take our tinfoil hats off and we're going to put our Michael Myers mask on. Today's episode, we're going to go through a couple horror movies that I personally love. Maybe some some underrated uh, throwbacks. And maybe a, a little bit of the background as to why I'm so interested in Halloween. Now, I understand uh, you guys know what it is. You guys know what the show is. You know what we talk about. Um, I know that there's psyops and I know that there's symbolism. And I know that there is programming within all movies. And horror movies are they're no exception. So, I understand to the people that say, you know... Uh, Maybe maybe people that are a little bit maybe at this point black pilled, not not fully red pilled, but all the way black pilled, where they just kind of think that there's, you know, there's no joy or love, or you can't find happiness and everything because everything is a psyop. Now, just about everything is a psyop, yes, but I still have some some guilty pleasures. Uh, my Las Vegas Raiders and NFL football, uh, sports in general, are still a guilty pleasure, uh, which. I don't really delve into as much as I used to. I just don't have the time anymore. Although I do watch my Raiders every Sunday. That is something something that I've done since I was a kid. And uh, something that probably won't change as bad as they are. And as, <laughs> as horribly run as my team is. It's something that I always tune into. Uh, movies has always been something that I've loved as well. And horror movies especially. I love gangster flicks. I love horror movies. I'm not into um, fantasy type movies or western movies. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them. It's just not my cup of tea. Uh, horror movies has probably always been my favorite genre uh, since I was a kid. 
And I mean, I can remember, uh, you know, being ridiculously young, renting some stuff that, you know, I wouldn't let my seven-year-old watch <laughs> at this point. Um, you know, we, we, we learn, we, 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 we progress and, uh, you know, we kind of figure it's trial and error. Life is a lot of trial and error. So, um, I know that some of the things that I watched when I was a kid, I wouldn't let him watch the same movies because I just don't think that he's ready for it. I probably wasn't ready for it myself, but growing up my, uh, my father's side of the family, uh, had moved to Canada from, uh, they started out in England and Jamaica and New York and then up to Canada. And I don't remember this because I was either too small, too young, or I wasn't born yet. I'm not sure. Um, I would have to see if I can find some sort of historical record about it because unfortunately, uh, my, my nan and gramps and my father have all passed away and I love you guys. I miss you so much. Rest in peace. But I can't go back and ask them, you know, stories and, and to get information on, on uh, when they had it. But when I was a kid, uh, amongst other things, my grandparents uh, owned a movie store, and you know, a mom and pop store. I know, you know, if you're if you're out there listening, you probably remember Blockbuster or Jumbo Video or Major Video, Video Ninety Nine. I mean, there was so many. It was a, the eighties. Uh, you know, I have a, a big giant special place in my heart for the 80s. As much as the decade itself is kind of, uh, you know, made fun of or picked on, ridiculed, um, you know, for, for fashion, for, for trends that were going on, you know, um, people living a little bit too dangerously, maybe. I love the 80s. It's when all of my family was alive. I hadn't lost anybody yet. Everybody was still together. You know, there was, uh, there was some crazy shit that happened, but I think it all started when my grandparents owned a movie store. Now, knowing my grandma, um, she was one of those grandmas that would bring home a movie after they owned the movie store. We would go to, you know, Jumbo Video and eat three bags of popcorn while we're walking around the store looking at movies. And my grandma would always let me go to the horror section and, you know, always pick out one or two movies. This probably started when I was just a little tyke or before I was even born. Um, you know, my, my grandparents had, they obviously had an affinity for, for uh, TV and film themselves. Um, I mean, they watched the mainstream mafia every night. I don't think, I don't remember my grandfather ever missing a Toronto Maple Leafs game or the news. So, Gramps, you probably wouldn't like what they show now. Uh, As a matter of fact, I know you probably wouldn't like what they they showed now. You're a very intelligent man, uh, extremely quiet, but uh, my grandfather fought in the war and uh, what's going on around us right now, hopefully he wouldn't approve of, but I'm not sure. Um, But nevertheless, they watched movies. They watched watched the news. That was pretty much it. I'm not sure what TV shows they were ever into, but movies was always something that we were always into. And uh, we, you know, I, I would, I always had the opportunity to get movies. My, my, my grandparents would let me, uh, you know, in, in whatever house they were living in at the time was always usually big enough to have a couple different rooms with TVs in it. And I would basically get my own room with a VCR and I could go watch whatever I want. I didn't have to be supervised and things of that nature like most kids do today. So it started out for me when I was a kid with um, Nightmare on Elm Street was the first movie I can remember watching and actually being scared 
and I loved it. I don't know about you guys, if you don't like horror movies, like I said, this show isn't for you. We're just going to talk horror, we're going to talk movies, we're going to talk experiences. Um, If you're not into it, that's fine. I respect that. I know a lot of people that aren't into horror movies, and when I first heard that people weren't into it, it kind of threw me. (laughs) It surprised the hell out of me. I just don't understand how this, you know, a lot of the cheesiness or the special effects, how how couldn't you love this shit, right? Um, But Nightmare on Elm Street was my first... The first experience that I can remember still, I'll always remember it because I, I remember having a nightmare with Freddy Krueger in my dream. And that dream has never, ever left my my mind. Uh, I can still see it clear as day. It's just one of those things that's just imprinted onto your memory for a lifetime, for an eternity. And uh, of course, you know, I was scared shitless as a kid, but I loved it. It's just, you know, that that feeling, that adrenaline, you know, whatever it is, that feeling that some people get, they just, they enjoy it. And, you know, I've grown up to actually try and force myself to have nightmares because I I, I love having nightmares now as, as a grown man. Um, you know, just like any other kid, I didn't like it when I was a kid. Of course not. Um, but the backstory on that goes a little bit deeper in that, yes, I was into horror movies. And, uh, you know, when I started watching them, I was extremely young, probably five or six. I know I watched Nightmare on Elm Street when I was six. Um, but the backstory with all of that, just a, a little, a, a little info as to, as to kind of what made it a little bit more, <clears throat> what made it a little bit more scary for myself personally. I, I can, obviously I can only speak from my perspective, my life experiences, but when I was a kid, uh, my family and I, we moved into a house that was set way back from any sort of streetlights. Now, keep in mind, this is the 80s, the early 80s. So, you know, the nighttime isn't as lit up as it is now. Houses aren't surrounded, you know, by pot lights. You know, there aren't pot lights on all over all over the houses and, you know, light posts and driveways and stuff like that. Sure, there was, there was some, but my house didn't have that. Uh, my mom and dad got a house just outside of Toronto, um, well, in the greater Toronto area. And this house, the front yard was, it was between three and four acres of property in the front. Beautiful, beautiful front yard that, you know, my dad would make an ice rink for me in the winter and we played soccer and baseball on it with, with miles of room to spare. Um, tons and tons of trees. Uh, the neighbors, you know, the, our houses weren't attached. I mean, there was half an acre of, of property between each house as well. So it was, it was, it was a beautiful area, and you know, for a kid in the '80s, it was amazing. It, it was so much space, and you know, I, I'm into GI Joe and Rambo and all this stuff. So of course, I want to, I, I want that space to play and be able to use my imagination and everything. Our backyard uh, rolled onto what's called the Rouge Valley. And it is, uh, it's a beautiful area itself as well. Um, you know, there was lots and lots of wildlife down there when I was a kid, tons of deers, even bears. Um, I actually had to run from a bear, <laughs> run from a bear when I was a, a kid with one of my friends, uh, his name was Mike. And, uh, we, uh, on our way down into the, into the Rouge, into the Valley, I mean, we used to, as a kid, we used to go down there almost every day and just explore. Um, I got lost once and my Doberman had to come fetch me back and bring me home. I'll never forget. I love you, Sheba. Um, but we, I saw a bear, ran from a bear down there. I mean, there was just tons and tons of wildlife and it was a big, it was a nice big piece of property, but at nighttime 
It was black. It was pitch black. Even the streetlights that were four acres away in front were generally blotted out by the massive amount of trees on the property as well. So um, there were, you know, there was a porch light on my house and that was it. Um, you know, pretty, pretty standard house. It was actually, I think it was 86 years old when we moved in, in 1986. So the house is old. It's just a basic house, uh, a nice, uh, three bedroom house with, with three floors, basement, main floor, uh, top floor with the bedrooms. But man, this fucking house was dark at night. It was really dark. And as a kid in the eighties, ton, you know, that, that, the scary movie craze is going is going nuts. Uh, it was it, I can tell you it was scary, and it wasn't just scary for kids. There were adults uh, that wouldn't come to this house. And ladies and gentlemen, you can choose to believe what I say, or you can call me, you know, a nutter. That's on you. But my house that we lived in at this point, surrounded by darkness, a massive Rouge Valley in the background, was built on an Indian burial ground, apparently. Now, of course, in the 80s, you had to go and look this information up. It wasn't just, you know, Google it, DuckDuckGo, whatever you use. You didn't look it up that way. So my parents looked into this and found out a lot of information about the house. Now, when we moved into this house, day one, this is where the story goes off the tracks, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get to the movies after, but I want to intro you to why this has always stuck with me and why this is my genre. <laughs> um, the first day we ever moved in this house, uh, you know, I'm six years old. I've got my, I've got my, uh, my, my, my giant sword, my fucking Voltron sword, um, and. I jump out of the moving truck and I run into that house. And you know, the first one in the house, I, I, I run, I, I, I'm pretty sure I ran right in and right upstairs. I didn't even go around the, uh, the outside, the downstairs of the house or the basement. I ran right upstairs to the, to the top floor. And you know, at just first glance, you can always tell which bedroom is the biggest. So I ran in that bedroom and you know, as a fucking stupid kid who thinks I get a choice, I'm claiming this is my room, right? And at this point, there's nobody in the house. Uh, it's just me. Uh, my family started to unpack the truck and and uh, and bring stuff into the house. They're just getting ready to bring stuff into the house. So I open up the closet. I open up the closet in my mom and dad's, in my soon-to-be mom and dad's bedroom. And I open up this massive walk-in closet that they have. And there is a man dressed in like a late 1800s type tuxedo with a top hat, you know, they think almost like Abraham Lincoln, what they, what they make him look like and a woman in a big giant white gown. And ladies and gentlemen, there wasn't two people standing in my mom and dad's closet. There was two fucking ghosts standing in my closet. I'll never forget. I'll never forget what they look like. I'll never forget that they were there. I'll never forget my first reaction. As you can guess, I, I lost my shit. <laughs> I dropped my Voltron sword and I ran the fuck back downstairs and out that house. And of course, you know, six-year-old me is screaming like a <laughs> screaming like a banshee that there's ghosts in the house. There's ghosts in the house. My, of course, my family doesn't want to believe me. I'm a six-year-old kid. You know what the fuck? Little do I know later on that you know my mom tells me that the house we just moved out of was also haunted. So she says, but uh, my brother says as well. Um, so 
Of course, they don't believe me. They didn't see the ghosts in the house. Fine, so be it. A little bit of time passes. Now, my memory is pretty is pretty hazy um, from a lot of events as a kid. Like I'm sure a lot of you guys are. You know, for those of you with a with a beautiful memory, fucking, I I envy you so much. Uh, I try so hard to remember things, and it's just I, I lose it. Um, so as time goes on, um, everybody starts to understand that you know. Uh, little loyal to the foil boy is not, he's not crazy and he's not an insane little kid. There are actually ghosts in the house. And the reason that we know information about the house is because everybody started seeing the ghosts. Uh, I have two half brothers and a sister and, uh, my sister had a boyfriend at the time who, you know, thought he was a big tough guy and et cetera, et cetera. He was too scared to come to our house at night because it was so black, it was so dark, and the house was so fucking haunted. Um, doors used to open and close, cupboards used to open and close, drawers, uh, lights would go on, and all kinds of shit would happen in this house to the point where my mom would yell at the ghosts <laughs> to stop opening and closing cupboards. And you know the little uh, the little oddly shaped door that's underneath a staircase uh, where it's kind of like you know back in the day you'd treat it as like a closet type thing because uh, we didn't actually have one at our front door, so that's where we, what we used as our closet was underneath our stairs, and just a little door and I can remember my mom yelling at the ghost because they would fuck with that door all the time it we literally had to put a latch on it and you could still hear them rattling it right there was no air return in this I'm talking a fucking 86 year old home it's 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 it was actually uh it was heated with oil I mean it's not gas or anything that you know we have now uh this door used to rattle and shake and my mom would scream at the fucking door and scream at the ghosts and you know I used to think that I can remember thinking to myself I fucking told you guys I told you there was ghosts in here nobody wanted to believe me um my brother and my brother uh who is now married um the woman that he is married to they got together when when we lived in this house and she used to watch me get up and sleepwalk in the night and go into this pitch black downstairs kitchen where nobody would go in without the lights on i wouldn't go in it without the lights on i would go down there and i would pour two glasses of of orange juice one for me and one for the what I told her was the ghost that was walking with me. Um, I don't remember any of this shit, but there's, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I can't remember, and I, it's probably my memory is suppressing it because it scared the shit out of me. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but anyways. Tons of different things happened. Um, uh, we once had a, a really bad storm, and through the backyard, uh, one of the bedrooms, the bedroom at the back was my brother's, and there was a tree that fell through the house. Lightning started going crazy. People started getting freaked out, thinking that, you know, it was all related. Um, we would have sightings all the time of them walk, and it wasn't just on the, it wasn't just in the house. It wasn't just in the house that these, that these ghosts would, would roam, um, my dad, our, because we had the, the few acres in the front yard, my father would put our uh, weekly garbage on the hood of his car and he would drive it to the end of the driveway and then put it at the end of the road for the, for the garbage man to come pick up the next day. So I remember one night, I'll never forget this either, uh, I, I remember one night my mom is in our kitchen and she is making spaghetti sauce. And she's wearing a red 
Adidas zip-up jacket. You guys know the ones I'm talking about. People still rock them today. My mom's got one of those red Adidas coats on. It's got the black stripes on the sleeves, not the white stripes, though. She's standing in the kitchen. She's cooking. I don't remember what fucking color her pants were, but trust me, the red coat is key. She is at the, she is in the kitchen. She's stirring, she's stirring spaghetti sauce. She's cooking other shit. My mom's a fantastic cook. Unbelievably great cook. Can't give her enough credit for it. Amazing food, mom. Um, Thank you. My father takes the garbage down and I, he comes, when he comes back, he comes bursting through the door screaming, Lisa, 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 Lisa. Lisa is my mother's name, obviously. And she's, you know, what, what, what's going on? And he goes, what the fuck? I oh, I don't know if he swore. I just drove through you. I just ran you over with the car. I just ran someone over with the car. And she goes, what are you talking about? I'm in here. I'm, I'm, I'm in the kitchen. And he goes, my mom's wearing that red jacket, that red zip up. And my dad says, I just drove the car through a woman, drove the car through a woman wearing a white dress. She walked right in front of me on the driveway and I drove right through her. <laughs> my my dad thought he ran my mom over. Um, you know, I'm sure if he had more time to think about it and didn't get scared to shit of it, he'd understand, you know, oh, I remember what she's wearing or why the fuck would she be in the driveway when she was just in the kitchen? Yeah, I get that. But when you're in the heat of the moment, um, you know, I don't blame him for, for thinking that. And obviously, you know, my dad is just like most of you guys, I'm sure. Your dad isn't someone that you ever saw fear on their face or, or in their voice. Um, I don't remember him being scared. I just remember him thinking that he hurt my mom. And, uh, I, you know, she she shook it off and they kind of shook their heads and everything. And this is, uh, I think that my family also used uh, used to use a Ouija board in the house too to ask questions and everything. But they know when they looked up the lineage of the house, uh, it was 86 years old. Um, there was a man and a woman that lived in a house on the property before we did. So the two people that I saw in the closet that day, the people that the woman that my mom or my dad drove his car through, uh, the the man and the woman that lived there before we did, lived in a different house. And it was my understanding then that 86 years prior, that house burnt to the ground with the man and the woman inside of it. Now, I don't know if my mom and dad ever found out the names of the two people that died in the house. Um, They might have found out and just didn't tell me or they might not have found out. But I'm not sure what the man and woman's name is. I should actually look it up. I I, I didn't even think of that until just now. What a fool. After all the in-depth research I try and do every day and I never looked into that. Um, But there was a man and a woman that died on the property. Um, The ground itself, there was always a feeling to it. Everybody could feel something and it wasn't it wasn't like the man and the woman felt like they were um, mischievous or or, or uh, nefarious. But as I mentioned, it was also built, the house that we lived in was built on the Indian burial ground. So I'm, I'm guessing that the Indian burial ground was there before the man and the woman's house was there that burnt down. Um, so they died in that fire. Rest in peace to both of you. And... You know, I guess they just decided to haunt the grounds thereafter. And that's what we experienced. Now, that tied into the whole fact that, you know, as a kid, I'm scared of the dark, but I love the dark. 
You know, uh, I'm, I'm scared of being scared, but I love to be scared, right? <laughs> it's that feeling that so many of you, I'm sure, experience just the same thing. And, um, you know, for those of us that, that enjoy it, uh, you, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, a, it's a cool feeling, you know, and like I tell my son when he, when he gets scared, I try and remind him that you can only feel scared, you can only get scared if you're alive, so, you know, it's one of those things that I think maybe I convince myself that I should appreciate because um, I, I can't get scared if I'm not alive, right? So, uh, you know, we kind of have to enjoy a little bit of everything, whether we like it or not. But if you're not in danger, I mean, being scared is kind of more of a fun thing. Halloween is supposed to be a fun thing. Yes, I understand that there's a lot more sinister background to Halloween itself. But as I said, the tinfoil hat is off today. Um... So I had quite a background with horror um, and with my grandparents letting me rent horror movies. I loved them. Uh, I always wanted to watch as many as I could, whether they were, you know, when you're a kid, you don't understand the difference between the, the, the Hollywood blockbusters and the B-grade ones. So I watched everything. Um, and uh, my, uh, I actually moved out of that house. Uh, my mom and I moved out of that house in 1989. Uh, my father continued to live there for years and years after. And, uh, he said that the, they were there, the ghosts were there until maybe a year or two before he moved. And he said he just stopped seeing them. So, uh, once my father moved, um, they actually tore the house down and built another house, which they used as, um, I can't remember, a, 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 a Muslim church, I believe. I'm not, I can't remember, but, um, the house is still there. The little, the little church or house or whatever it is now is, is still there now. It's still on the same piece of property. Uh, the area looks a lot different and, uh, but it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful area. It was a beautiful time and uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. And some of the things that happened, I would change, but I mean, I loved where we lived. I loved the experience on it, in it. And it probably brought me to where, I mean, obviously it brought me to where I am today with, with my love of horror movies and, and you know, the, the, the Halloween itself. Uh, it's not just Halloween movies, just horror movies in general. So, uh, um, I wanted to give kind of a rundown of, of the, of kind of the ones that I think are the classics and, uh, see if you guys agree with me. Um, no particular order. I don't really, I don't think I could tell you, I could, don't think I could do a top 10 list and put one over the other because there's just so many that I, I really like. Um, you know, and I mean, lists like that just get people arguing. Eh, that's not what we're about over here, right? So, uh, first and foremost, I probably have to say Halloween. John Carpenter is a legend. Um, just Halloween 1 and Halloween 2, the originals, I love... Obviously, you know, we all know Halloween and one is a classic. Um, Halloween two, it's it's a, apparently John Carpenter himself doesn't really like Halloween two and didn't like the idea of doing the movie. But he had an obligation, he had an offer, so he did the movie. And to me, I think it turns out fantastic. I like movies where uh, the second part, uh, you know, part two is, is, is right when part one left off. I like that idea. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not someone that needs to see it five years later, 15 years later, or, or every single year. Um, I, I like Halloween number two, maybe not so much that the mask changed a little bit, I think, but, uh, Michael Myers mask, but love Halloween one, Halloween two. I'm a, like I said, I'm a big, big, big John Carpenter fan. Um, 
I actually dress up as, as Michael Myers every year myself. Um, the mask, the coveralls, everything, and then just stand very silently scaring the shit out of people. Um, I love it. So, <laughs> um, hopefully you guys enjoy it too. If you got kids, you know you got to enjoy it. You know, I bug my son all year. You know, well, let's get ready for Halloween. What are we doing for Halloween? He's, he knows his costume months ahead of time. He loves it too. So, um, Hopefully he always will, and as he grows older, we can definitely start watching some of these classics. Halloween 1 and 2, we will, actually, we watched Halloween 1. Um, I convinced his mom to, to let us watch it, watch it last week. So he's seen Halloween 1, he's already hit the number one classic, he obviously knows who Michael Myers is, and uh, without me actually telling him, I have some, some horror-themed tattoos, actually, and... Uh, the next one that I would put on this on this list of all-time greats is Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger. And, I mean, he even knew Freddy Krueger without me telling him about him because he's never seen that one either. But Nightmare on Elm Streets, I think I'm a fan of all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, give or take. Uh, it's kind of a gross backstory when it comes to what Freddy Krueger does and, and how he turned into who he turned into. Um... But Nightmare on Elm Street was always a classic for me. You know, obviously my first nightmare that I can remember was all about Freddy Krueger. Uh, it was a big influence. Obviously, he was massive, massive here. Uh, I mean, in Canada and all over the world, from what I can tell. Definitely the USA about how popular uh, Robert Englund and, and Freddy Krueger was. Wes Craven, to me, is um, an underrated horror genius. He's got a ton of great, great movies. Um, and uh, he actually passed away not too long ago, so... Thank you for all the fantastic movies, Wes. Uh, we definitely enjoy them. So Nightmare on Elm Street, a uh, number of those movies. Back to John Carpenter. Uh, the Thing is another, I guess you would call it science fiction, but it is kind of horror. Uh, the Thing is a fucking certified classic. I love the movie. I love the ending. I love the music that John Carpenter brings to his, mo his movies. I think that, I mean, everybody knows the Halloween theme, but I think everybody should know the Thing theme. It's fantastic. It kind of gives you that um, that sense of tenseness. And I think that that might be something that gets lost maybe more so in movies nowadays. I may be wrong, but, um, you know, those kind of just monumental theme songs that, you know, you can play that Halloween theme music and everybody knows, everybody knows you're talking about what movie you're talking about, what character it's associated with. Um, everybody knows. Uh John Carpenter's got a lot of fantastic movies. Um, another horror movie that I would consider a horror movie that I think is fantastic and actually an underrated classic is Prince of Darkness. Uh, not that easy to find for myself right now. I keep trying to watch it again. I, I think I saw it once maybe last year, but uh, it's a little bit harder to find right now. Uh, but Prince of Darkness is a great, great movie as well uh, with the cameo by our Canadian guy Alice Cooper in it as a, a homeless guy. A great, great movie. And John Carpenter's got quite a few legendary titles, and not just in the horror genre as well. Um, I'm also a big fan of the Poltergeist movies. You know, the, basically anything from that from that era in the early 80s, I mean, I'm a big, I'm normally a big fan of because it just, that's when you first saw it. You get that nostalgia, you know, when nostalgia kicks you right in the ass, it's just something you can't deny. And, I mean, obviously we see that by all the remakes that Hollywood uh, uh, tries, tries to do all the time because they know that, 
you know, of the older generation like myself, we have that nostalgic feeling when we see these older movies and uh, TV shows. So they keep bringing them back because they know they're going to get our business. You know, they know that we miss those times. We, we love those times. We enjoyed them. And uh, I'm definitely no different. Uh, I loved Poltergeist. Uh, I even love part three. Sad, sad uh, story about uh, the little girl from Poltergeist. She was misdiagnosed with, with Crohn's. And um, they, uh, they accidentally killed her by treating her for the wrong ailment. But nevertheless, um, Poltergeist 1, 2, and 3, I think, are, are all solid movies. I don't remember. I don't think the, the remake was all that great. But uh, Pet Cemetery, a great, a great movie. Even the remake I actually thought was pretty good. I thought the remake was was actually well done, and there's actually a new one that's out now called it's a, it's a prequel of course, and it's called Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Uh, I think I watched it last week, the week before. I thought that was actually well done as well. I'm not always a big fan of the newer uh, the newer horror movies, but I definitely thought that one was pretty well done as well. The originals were very well done. I'm uh, you know I used to be a big big Stephen King fan. You know I've read. I don't know how many of his books, um, but Pet Cemetery was a great book and a great movie. The Shining by Stanley Kubrick, which was a Stephen King book. That's a fantastic horror movie as well, if that's what you call it. Um, an amazing book. I think the book is actually better than the uh, than the film itself. But uh, both of those are classics as well. Uh, something, I don't know if this one, I don't know if it's too slept on anymore, but... One of the uh, one of the biggest one of the biggest films um, of the '80s for me, and one of those cult classics, would be well. Actually, there's two of them. It would be Phantasm, and it would be Evil Dead. Now, of course, now they're not under the radar classics anymore. Um, nothing ever really stays that way if it's really that good. And uh, Phantasm for me is something that I still love. Another one where I love the theme music. Um, the tall man is the, uh, you know, the baddie in the, that movie. And I love it. Um, I, I, I love all the, the phantasms. I think it's a fantastic movie. Lots of nostalgia on that one as well. Great music. And then you've got the orbs or the balls that he uses basically as his minions. As well as the, the people that he takes out of graves and crushes down into little people. Which terrifies me because I'm scared as fuck of midgets so uh, <laughs> um, uh, what else do we have poltergeist I mentioned evil dead sorry evil dead 1 and 2 and then army of darkness army of darkness obviously obviously it, it kind of progressed Sam Raimi went kind of like on a, a strange arc where it went from really fucking insane horror and, and gore to comedy uh, Evil Dead, if you're not familiar, uh, stars Bruce Campbell. He was that guy that everybody basically anointed as, you know, like the, the greatest B-grade actor of all time. Because Evil Dead was, was I mean, most of these horror movies are all B-grade movies when they first came out. But they made so much money that the sequels always, you know, turned out to be not B-grade, right? Um, and I mean, there's no shame in having a B-grade film. I mean, there's lots of people that try and, and recreate that, you know, with a big budget now. So... Um, but Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead uh, stars Ash, uh, Bruce Campbell is Ash, and he basically they stumble upon uh, the Book of the Dead, the Necronomicon, at a cabin when they go on 
on a, on a vacation and uh, you know everybody starts to get possessed and it's just it's an insane movie such a fucking classic film Evil Dead 2 starts down the uh, comedy horror type uh, genre and then Army of Darkness, which is the third installment, is basically just all comedy. A fantastic movie as well. Uh, Army uh, Evil Dead Two is fantastic, and if you actually watch that movie, all the stunts and everything, Bruce Campbell actually did himself. So you know he's fighting with his own hand and throwing himself, you know, on his back. Like it's just, it's really, really well done. Uh, really well done. Sam Raimi's come a long way. I mean, he's making Spider-Man movies as you know as time goes on, but back then he started with low-grade, you know, no-budget horror movies, which a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of really really great uh, producers or directors or writers start, you know, on stuff like this, and, and they progress and they make it somewhere. So, I mean, good for them. Uh, they've definitely created a lot of classics. Let's see what else we have. I did actually grab a small list. Uh, An American Werewolf in London, another certified classic. Uh, the Omen, the Omen series, uh, very well done. Most of them, uh, same as, um, um, sorry, what am I thinking of? What am I thinking of? Oh, the Amityville. The Amityville is another good one too, which can be debated. That might be something that I should actually do as a, a, a loyal to the foil show because there is conspiracy in that, you know, everything was staged versus everything wasn't staged, which with uh, with horror type things like that, kind of hard because most of it is, um, you know, most of it is opinion based. If you can't really get scientific reads on some things, but anyways, that also leads into The Exorcist, another all time classic. Obviously, uh, you know, judging when you're born, um, the The Exorcist is one of the scariest movies of all time. I remember watching that as. Uh, Watching that as a kid and thinking, well, this, you know, compared to what I see now, this isn't really too scary at all. But I mean, I, my mom told me before, you know, that was, that was the scariest fucking thing that anybody had ever seen in that era. And I mean, I can definitely understand that. I can understand that now. Um, a great movie, uh, another great movie, a great series, I guess, uh, Candyman, whether it's, uh, whether it's the old one or the new one, the new one was a little bit different, but it wasn't that bad either. Uh, Candyman was definitely a classic. Um, what else do we have? I'm trying to think of uh, House of Wax was a good uh, was a good one back in the day. <laughs> was a good one back in the day. Um, the Blair Witch Project. This that's actually something that um, it came out when it came out when I was a teenager, and a friend of mine had a bootleg tape of it. And we all smoked a bunch of weed and all sat in my in my mom's basement, maybe five or six of us, and we'll all watched it. And we're scared shitless because we all thought it was real. Uh, it was great, well done. It, that was you know that they they did a good job on that movie though. Uh, the Twenty Eight Days Later series, I think, were good as well. I'm a big zombie guy. I do love zombies. Um, Night of the Living Dead. The, the remake in color, I think, was fantastic. You know, you got Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, all fantastic. George A. Romero is a fucking another legend. Um, you know, basically created the whole zombie genre. And, you know, people have been paying homage to him ever since. I mean, The Walking Dead wouldn't wouldn't be around without, you know, George A. Romero being the, the influence behind any sort of zombie genre, uh, any sort of zombie movie or show that they put out. 
Um, so basically any zombie movie, generally I'm a big fan of, um, whether they're CGI, like in really, really CGI looking like in World War Z or not, I'm still a big fan. Uh, Fright Night is actually a, a, a kind of an underrated horror movie that, that I love from, I still believe that was the early 80s, or sorry, late 80s. Uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, before I forget, another one that my son spots, you know, with tattoos is, is Leatherface. Uh, the original, another one where I've been told that if you were alive when this came out and, you know, you were under the impression that it was a true story, I mean, that's fucking terrifying. That would have been, that, that, that's, that's another one that was really well done if they convinced people that that was real because that is terrifying. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, Psycho and several other movies, uh, probably even Hannibal, I'm not sure, uh, are all based on a real life human being. His name is Ed Gain. Uh, yeah, they actually talk about him in another couple movies that I would say I love as well House of Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell, the Rob Zombie uh, trilogy. Not a big fan of his Halloween movies. I was at first, but not anymore. Anyways, if you watch House of a Thousand Corpses, they, they, they even say it to you. They mention Ed Gain at the beginning of the movie when they go through the little ride at the gas station. They mention Ed Gain. Now, Ed Gain, as far as what I've looked into, is was the first known, first known serial killer and uh, nec- necrophiliac, I, I, I believe. I'm not sure if you would call him a necrophiliac. Okay, I'll take that one back. He was he was he was a murder and fuck, and a very sick twisted one. Psycho, uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins' character in that film, uh, Norman Bates, that's based on Ed Gain. As was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. As were other movies. Um, Ed Gain was from uh, Wisconsin. He was from I'm not sure if it was Green Bay, but he was from Wisconsin. And I believe it was 1954 that police finally rolled up to his house because they had count, they had found unearthed graves at a cemetery at the, at the local cemetery and they went to go see old Ed because they knew Ed was a little bit different and Ed had lost his mother not too long ago and when they went to Ed Gaines house you can look this shit up for yourself y'all this is no conspiracy this is just something I learned years and years ago and just have never forgotten because I couldn't it was unbelievable um, you can look the pictures up yourself, but the police went to Ed Gaines' home and they found, uh, tables made out of human body parts. They may, they found soup bowls that were made out of human skulls. Uh, they may, they found belts made of nipples. Um, they found, uh, I can't remember the number of, of, um, bodies that were that were buried in in the surrounding grounds in his basement and in the walls um the man was an absolute psychopath he had his mom that's where the norman bates thing comes in when norman digs his mom up or thinks his mom is up in the up in the bedroom talking to him um, ed gain did something similar to that he did unearth her body after she died and uh ed gain was a different kind of cat um not really a social guy probably some pretty severe mental issues and um, 
you know, he was, uh, he lived with his mother and when his mother got older and died, he decided to go dig her up and bring her back to the house and, you know, basically have her there, speak to her, you know, from, from what they say, uh, it was essentially the same, the same deal as, as, uh, Psycho, as the movie Psycho, whether it's the original remake, whatever it is you want to look at, uh, even Psycho 2 and 3, I think were actually well-made films as well. Not just the original, not just the original remake, um, but Ed Gain is a uh, is a disgusting piece of shit, and uh, he's he's the one that they based a lot of these horror uh, these horror characters after. Uh, another another really strange, I guess you would call it horror movie that I actually watched just a few years ago is called Color Out of Space. Um, this I believe was a, a HP Lovecraft novel, if I'm not mistaken. But what a fucking wild movie! There were some parts in there, like I, I I'm pretty good. And nothing really grosses me out when it comes to uh, horror movies. I mean, when you see people uh, uh, losing fingernails, like that that bothers me a little bit. But <laughs> um, I I can't handle watching that for some reason. Oh, um, but color of the space, color out of space. Sorry is um there was some uncomfortable parts in that for me as well i don't know what it was but just maybe it's when children suffer uh it's just it's it's uncomfortable i guess for me but um check that one out if you haven't seen that one guys it's 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 uh it's it's pretty interesting um you know kind of horror kind of science fiction uh what else do we have what else did i love dawn of the dead i already mentioned Shaun of the Dead's a great uh, comedy one, but um, I wouldn't consider that. Uh, Reanimator, Bride of Reanimator, those are some pretty solid films that created uh, some some <laughs> I really hated character. Uh, what else do we have? The Fly, actually, before I forget, The Fly is one movie that when I was a kid made me a little sick. It was um, it had some pretty disgusting some pretty disgusting shit in it in uh in uh in his transformation it was uh, at times uncomfortable to watch the the special special effects makeup were were fantastically done um just really really well done um what else do we have Nosferatu, all the old, old, old classics, of course. I mean, you can't forget the old classics. I just was, I just never really got into old school monster movies like The Creature from the Black Lagoon, Dracula, The Mummy. Uh, I'm not even a big Dracula type movie fan. I know I mentioned Fright Night, which is, which is essentially what that is. Um, but I think it was done very, very differently than, you know, Bram Stoker and, uh, other, other Dracula, um, people have created um it i i can't forget it the now as i mentioned a few times now you know i'm an 80s kid so i'm old enough to remember when it came out as the um as the original TV series. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but Stephen King had a couple different um, books that were turned into TV series, and some of them weren't too bad. Now, Tim Curry is a, a very famous English actor who I think is fantastic. I love Tim Curry. And it's not for Rocky Horror Picture Show like a lot of people. It's because of it, and it's because of the movie Clue. I love, love Tim Curry. I think he's fantastic. And I actually really, really enjoyed the, uh, 
the, the made for TV, um, re, uh, retelling of, of it from back in the, back in the eighties. The new ones I found were, were they just, it was like the original it on fucking five hits of steroids. It was unbelievable. Um, very well done as well. And actually a little, uh, funny side note before I even forget, I was actually, um, uh, I have actually, I actually have pictures of myself at the, the house that they use in, in the, the, the recent remake of it. I have pictures of myself from that house. They filmed it actually at a, they filmed parts of it at a local house near me. So I, I was lucky enough to go over there and get some pictures taken, uh, at the house that they, they did up for the, for the movie. It was really cool. Uh, really good book. Fantastic book. Uh, good movie as well. Uh, cabin in the woods. Uh, and I don't mean the remake. I mean, the original cabin in the woods was, uh, was, was pretty wild as well. Um, cabin fever was another, maybe a little bit underrated one that people don't, uh, uh, people don't talk about a lot, but cabin fever was pretty fucking gross too. It was pretty good. Um, I mean, I guess if we're talking horror, I mean, one of the, the, the creatures that, that people consider to be one of the greatest horror creatures of all time is that, uh, the alien or from alien or aliens with Scorny Weaver, uh, the, um, directed by James Cameron, uh, don't, I mean, the number one and two are fantastic movies. Uh, Sigourney Weaver fucking nails it. Uh, rest in peace, Bill Paxton, who's in that, uh, a doctor killed him on the operating table, so people forget about Bill Paxton. He's been in a lot of great movies, uh, but Alien, Alien One, and Alien Two, I think were really good. And actually, you know what, guys, I'm gonna fucking say it. I like Prometheus too. I like, I like the prequel to Alien and Alien Two. I really do. Um, some of the things in it were a little bit different, but I definitely, uh, I definitely enjoyed. Uh, Prometheus and even the remake to, or sorry, even the follow-up to that. Uh, get some of the newer ones that I didn't mind either were Nope and Get Out. I thought those were really well done. That was probably, um, that, uh, that was probably because, uh, Jordan Peele did the, did the movie and he's got a, he's got a good eye for horror. Obviously he's done some, some really good, some really good films as well. Um, I know there's probably quite a few movies I'm missing, maybe even a couple classics. Uh, I mentioned Psycho. Psycho's a fantastic movie as well. Really well done based on Ed Gain. Um, and there might be a couple of Rob Zombie movies I'm missing, but, um, Probably my top is probably Phantasm and Halloween. Oh, uh, Friday the 13th. I know <laughs> there's probably someone listening to this right now going, come on, idiot, say Friday the 13th, say Friday the 13th. Yeah, Friday the 13th, Jason fucking Voorhees. Great character. Uh, Kane Hodder, I think, played him best in in, uh, in the originals. I don't remember the remake. I was actually going to watch the remake the other day just to see if I, I would enjoy it at all. I know I've seen it before, but I don't remember it. Uh, but Friday the 13th was probably out of the big three from when I was a kid. It was Michael, Jason, and Freddy. I think Jason I liked the least. Um, I'm not sure why. I just found the other movies. I just found um, Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street better than uh, than that was. But, uh, I mean, Jason Voorhees is still a fucking monster. One of the greatest villains of all time, obviously. Um there's been some some pretty some pretty nasty sequels in that series, but nevertheless, a, a fantastic horror villain. Um, I know there's probably a whole bunch that I forgot, uh, but 
what I'm going to do today is I keep trying to say that um, I have that I have social media accounts that, that you can, that you can hit me up on. And I think what might be even easier is because I, um, because I want people to be able to reach out and I I also want people to to be able to do it uh, somewhat anonymously. Um, what I'm going to do guys is I'm going to put my email address. Uh, I think I might start putting my email address in the, in the episode details on Spotify. So if you want to reach out, if you want to send me questions, you want to come on the show and have a conversation, uh, you want something advertised or plugged, uh, give me a shout out. I'm going to drop my email and that way at least, uh, you can get a hold of me and it can be private and confidential. Um, I do use proton mail, so it's something that, you know, isn't uh, detectable by all the, the people we, we really love and appreciate. So my secure email address to contact me, uh, like I said, if you guys want something mentioned on the show, if there's something you want to be aware and want me to be aware of, uh, if there's information you want to send me, if there's a topic that you guys can, uh, can help me with or come up with or something that you'd like me to talk about more in depth, whatever it is, guys, uh, hit me up. It's Frank's castles 21 at proton.me so f-r-a-n-k-s capital c-a-s-t-l-e-s 21 at proton.me p-r-o-t-o-n dot m-e if you want to hit me up on that email address it is safe and secure uh, drop me any sort of information you want. You got questions, you got concerns, you want to holler at me, whatever it is. If you want something plugged, um, like I keep telling you guys, I'm more than happy to help. As long as it's for a good cause, you're not hurting anybody, I am more than happy to help. And we can always we can always help each other. You know, if we want to do some cross-promotion, whatever it is, if you're a small business that needs help, if you have a channel that needs help, let me know guys and uh, I'll send it out. Just shoot me an email and uh, we can go from there. If you want to get on the show, uh, there's a couple of people trying to arrange. I need some different equipment so that we can get people on the show uh, in, a, in a better format. So um, if you want to come on the show, if there's a topic you want to talk about, if there's something you want to go over, there's some questions you want to ask me, whatever it is, guys, give me a shout. It's Frank's Castles 21 at Proton, Proton.me. Uh, the last thing that I want to talk about, thank you again for tuning in to, to the Halloween episode. I hope everybody has an amazing Halloween. We're not there yet. Uh, we're about a week away from Halloween now. But I hope everybody has an amazing Halloween. I hope the kids have a great time. I know my son loves Halloween, and I always look forward to it for him. It's, I love seeing him happy and having a good time. Um, I know that I'm sure you guys feel the exact same way. So before I go, I just want to give a shout out to Illuminati Exposed on Facebook. The group is amazing. The, the members are amazing. Check them out on Facebook. That's Illuminati Exposed. And last but not least, most importantly, check out dailyplanet.club, guys. Check out the website. You get three months free right now. The benefits are unbelievable. We need people to come together. We need to form a community. We need to keep the fight going. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Rate, share, and subscribe. Cheers, everyone.